All right, welcome to um, this is the uh, this is the Desert Island Emergency Podcast. We'll, we'll label it as E. I'm Mitchell Cahaley, and on the other line is Sean Landry. And I'm not going to beat around the bush here. We're, this is the uh, reaction to the 23 Man Rockets podcast, but really, this is the Landon Donovan podcast. Can we can we agree on that? Yeah, uh, that's the that's the only storyline that really matters. Yep. Yep. So uh, I think everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean uh, the soccer community, the U.S. soccer community, had a feeling that this was a possibility, but no one, no one thought it was going to happen. It was like, uh, you know, like actually, I, I can't even come up with an analogy. I was going to try and work the Bachelorette into this, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> It's, it's it's shocking in a sense, and it's not shocking. And you said you're shocked, but you're not surprised. Is that how you worded it? Yeah. I think that makes sense to me. I think that makes sense to me. Landon is getting older. There's no 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 need to beat around. He's 32 years old. He's uh, a little out of form. Again, looks a little hefty. Um, I still I, I think he's the best player that we we we've ever produced in this country. Still. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I like the move. I, I'm going to back Clemson regardless. I'm going to back Jurgen. I really like Jurgen, and I think uh, I think he knows what he's doing. And it should be noted that whatever happens in Brazil this summer, it's not going to be because Landon Donovan was on this, not on this roster. Um. Yeah, I think at this stage in his career and with his role with the team, Landon is not the transformative player he once was. His role was always going to be off the pitch and late in matches. Um, of course, right, last 20 minutes, yeah. That was when he generated the one of the biggest goals in U.S. soccer history was mm-hmm. in the, the dying moments of a match in 2010, obviously with his Nigeria goal. Um, Wait, did you just say Nigeria? Algeria, rather. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. This is this, that. I've I'm, I'm said it once already on this podcast, so I'm going to say it again. I understand the leadership that Landon brings off the pitch, and I, that's why I would take him if I were the manager. That's why I would take him. But Landon not being in this World Cup is not going to is not going to be the deciding factor this year. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Can we take? Can we? Can we just like take him? Can he just be there? I don't see why he can't be. That's a good point. Like, can we just bring him? I don't. Know, I mean, we don't have to play, right? He could. He can get a, a press credential and just. Ah, oh, yeah. I'm. We. I'm going to try and make that happen. Right now. <laughs> but yeah, um Landon is left off just because not necessarily because he was old, although partially. Um and not just because he's out of shape, but because he hasn't met Jurgen's expectations for his role in the squad. And I suppose Jurgen feels like his role can be performed better with some of these other guys. And we know that Jurgen wants to put the next generation of U.S. soccer players, which is to say the current generations, I suppose, and Michael Bradley 
and then Clint Dempsey and uh, Josie Altidore. And uh, that era, he wants to kind of put them on the spot. That's why we, we heard Jurgen talk about why he made Clint Dempsey captain was because he, he wanted Clint to take on the leadership role. And taking Landon away, um, well, obviously he's the best player the, the U.S. has ever produced. Um, that role is rapidly being challenged by Michael Bradley. Um, True. That's the player who will pick up the slack for Landon in his leadership role and in his his actual role on the pitch and the way he sees the game and the field general and the, the grit and competitiveness that Landon has always brought to the game. Now, this is Michael Bradley's team. Um, I know Clint's the captain, and to an extent it's Clint's team too, but America goes where Michael Bradley takes them. I, I've never understood. I'm, I've never understood the uh, Clint as captain thing. I always thought that was one of Jurgen's biggest mistakes. I, you said it yourself, Field General Michael Bradley. That's what they called him in Chievo. That's what they called him in Roma. He was the general. He he is the most vocal. Uh, uh, besides Tim Howard, the goalkeeper's role is very different than the midfielder's role. Uh, he right. is vocal in his leadership. I think he is uh, the most tactically aware U.S. player. I agree with you about being this this being Michael Bradley's team, I just wish he had the armband, too. And to an extent, that's a little bit of a, a symbolic gesture. I mean, Michael is still going to be as uh, as much of a leader as, as Clint is out there, and uh, the armband is, in that, in that uh, respect is a little bit of a, a symbolic gesture. But um, that, that, that was one move by Clinzy uh, that always confused me. One thing I want to say about Jurgen and Landon is there are just, some guys that coaches aren't gonna aren't gonna not get along with. I mean, I don't think there's bad blood between Jurgen and Landon. I just never felt that Landon is one of Jurgen's guys. I don't think that I don't think that he's the type of the type of player that he he prefers. If that makes sense, and I think that can be said in all sports. You know, things should work out. You know, you have a great talent and a great manager or a great coach. And, and the chemistry is just not there, and I don't think I've ever really felt the, that click between Jurgen and Landon. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, the sabbatical, I guess, had something to do with it. I there's something about Landon and the way he plays and the way the player that he is right now that rubbed Clemson the wrong way. And I don't yes. know if we'll ever know what that is. Um, the bottom line is World Cup champion and veteran coach Jurgen Klinsmann didn't want to bring the current Landon Donovan, who is not the Landon Donovan with five World Cup goals, with him to Right. Play. You're absolutely right. I mean, so I think we're on the same page. Is, is while we were both shocked and saddened, I think Landon Donovan is, is a huge uh, impact, had a huge impact on both of our lives. As a player, he was not only a transformative figure on the pitch for the men's national team. He was he was the he, he is the face of the men's national team up until I guess this point. And it was uh, that goal that really you know just definitely sparked an interest in the game for me anyway. I, and I, I, I I'm sure I could speak for you the same way. That goal in that 2010 World Cup that was uh, so special, our first real World Cup following uh, the men's national team as close as we did. 
And uh, it, it's sad that he's not on there, and it's sad that he's not going to be on the team. But I think we both agree that we trust Clemson's decision, and we are excited to see what this team can do. So does Chad Victor Finko. Chad Johnson, excuse me. You just tweeted out, at J underscore Clemson may not agree with your decisions, but I'm behind you all the way. Give him hell in Brazil. I love you, man. Um, I agree. I, I, I wanted to say... I. I'm going to bring this up, and I don't know how much I believe this, uh, but I, I wanted to talk about it. It's no secret that we are in a very, very, very difficult group this year. Do you think, and, I, and we should expect them to get out. I mean, we're at the stage as a, as a soccer nation where we should expect the U.S. to advance out of the group stage at every World Cup, regardless of competition. And everyone says, and it's true, the part, part of the reason this group is so difficult is that we are in the group. We make the group that much more difficult. I just want to say that maybe if, if, if we're bringing so many young players this time, we're bringing such an influx of youth to build that team chemistry for 2018 when there's no real expectation. I, I don't necessarily know that if, if as long as we put out a good show this year and don't get out of the group stages, I don't know if that can count as a failure. If we start building team chemistry now, build that team that's going to qualify for 2018, that's going to try to qualify for 2018, hopefully qualify and have an easier group, maybe that's better in the long run. Thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I agree. I'm not of the opinion that it is an unequivocal failure if the U.S. doesn't make a group this year. Portugal and Germany are just that good. It is a failure if the U.S. put forward the kind of showing that they did in 98. Um, yes. Which was the last time we had kind of this shocking pre-World Cup cut. Um, but... If the U.S. can go to Brazil and compete, and um, particularly if they beat Ghana and if they compete with Portugal, then uh, no, I don't think it's a step back for the U.S. men's national team. It might be a dose of reality for some people, but I, I won't consider it a disaster. I won't be part of the group that I'm sure will exist calling for Jurgen's head. Um, yeah. I, I, I think a lot, with, since his contract is extended through two cycles, Jurgen is without a doubt looking forward to the 2018 World Cup, which is when he will really be able to make his fullest impact on the team. And that will be the make-or-break time for Jurgen Clemson. I think a little bit of the, the fact that we're playing in, in such a tough group with with little expectation from from. Uh, the international community especially gives us a little bit more of an opportunity and having Jurgen having that contract extension um, gives us the opportunity to kind of play a little more attacking and a little more fearless than we would otherwise. Yeah, um, this is the underdog role that the U.S. always uh, likes to embrace. Um, there is expectation from home, but it's not the kind of expectation that would cripple a team, probably. Um, there is a lot of security. There's a lot of confidence in this team when you when you look at them in, in training and in their interviews. It seems like they are brave and they are prepared to go out and give their all for Portugal or for, uh, for 
for the shirt against Portugal and Germany and Ghana. And uh, in the end, the, the results on the pitch don't necessarily matter as much as their effort, I suppose, for the team. Yes, yes. Well, do we want to go over some other uh, other roster highlights? I mean, I guess we should. Probably should. It's a, it's a big deal. There's some other fairly big names left off the roster. Don't forget how you know Edu is, is not going to Brazil. Right. I don't really know if I'm surprised by that, but you know he is a, he was there in 2010. Um, my personal favorite thing about this roster, Kyle Beckerman, will be going to his first ever World Cup. Yep. I'm thrilled about I'm that. Thrilled. I hope he gets the start over Jermaine Jones because Jermaine Jones is shit and Kyle Beckerman is not. It's true. Uh, it's true. Um, should be noted, our hometown lad, uh, Aaron Johansson, also on the roster. Exciting. Yes. Uh, hopefully he'll he'll get some chances for himself and make the team more de- proud. He'll definitely get minutes this year. I think if uh, he's 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 going to be the guy. The the Put him on if you if you're, if you're if it's nil nil, twenty minutes to go. Chuck him on there. Aaron Joe can do. I think I think that's going to be his role. Hey Joe, as you like to up. Well, I guess you're, you're starting Clint. You're starting Josie. So uh, yeah, he, he pretty much he or Julian would pretty much be your late subs. Brad Davis and uh, well, not Graham Zusi because he'll probably be starting. Let me ask you about the back line. Okay. Um, I hear some I hear some rumblings about. Uh, about Jeff Cameron getting that second center back spot. What do you think about that? I would be very glad to have Jeff Cameron in the the second center back spot. Um, he plays for Stoke. Uh, yes, but he plays right back for Stoke. Yeah, I mean, I would be fine with him in right back too, but if Omar is not healthy, then I think Jeff in the center back spot would be good. I think Jeff has, uh, he's got kind of the same problem as Omar sometimes where he switches off, but he is versatile enough where he can see the game well. Uh, he's playing against <laughs> some of the best strikers in the world, yep. although, as you say, at right back. Um, to have him running with Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, um, I don't I don't think having Jeff in that center back spot would be a problem at all. I might actually prefer him to Omar. I don't, I don't think it would be a problem. Um, it's just... I'm so I'm so I, I yeah it would it would be I just don't know what our what our options are going to be on the wings. I think you have Fabian at left back for sure. Yes, and I know Timmy Chandler's on this roster, um, who who generally plays right back. I just don't know. I don't see him fitting into that starting lineup. Um, you've got DeAndre. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, still too early for DeAndre Edlin to be starting. I, I agree. I think it's also too early for John Brooks to be starting at center back. So I think, in my my opinion, our best back line is Fabian and Jeff on the wing and Matt and Omar in uh, the center of the pitch, or the um, uh, center of defense. should also be noted that uh, Goodson, Clarence Goodson, who was uh, another possible addition, uh, possible center back option, is uh, not on this roster. Another another uh, World Cup veteran who has not made the final 23. Um, so you don't think DeMarcus Beasley gets a shout at left back? I wish, I wish I could say he does. I just don't think... I think he's good enough for CONCACAF. I think Johnson's got a little more pace. I think, I think DeMarcus can be, can be worn down easily. 
Um, yeah, I think I would agree with that. Uh, he's played a lot of games, so it, it might be a lot to ask him to. I don't. I wouldn't be too upset if the back. I mean, I would still feel okay if our back line was Demarcus and Fabian on the wings, and then uh, Matt and Jeff in the center of defense. I would feel okay, okay with that too. Uh, I just don't know. I just, I just, I don't know if if Demarcus is going to be able to keep up with uh, the Ghanaians, Cristiano, and, and the Portuguese, and you know, consistently. And of course, you know, we have to keep in mind these games are coming fast and hard. It's not going to be the same starting eleven every time. I, I don't think it will be. I think you're going to have to do a subtle. There'll be subtle tweaks and subtle um, replacements in in in, uh, in the squad. I'll have to be a a little rotation. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, to, to play those games, especially with the travel schedule and the uh, the climate that they'll be playing in, uh, there will have to be a lot of squad rotation in there. And uh, I think that's an important important facet of this squad. Uh, when you look at it, obviously, you have your stars that jump out to you, but the, the role players are all very solid players. Uh, there's no weak players that, all the players have their weaknesses, but there's no blatant weak spots, I suppose, other than the center-back pairing, which is the continual controversy for the U.S. Yeah, I feel very good about this team in the sense that they are, that you're right, there's no, uh, it doesn't seem like there's a, a huge drop-off in, in amount of talent when you're coming from your starters to uh, your, your role players, your players coming off the bench. So do you want to name a first 11 for this team? Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Let's, that's what uh, um, I was going to say. We need to. We'll start from the back, I guess. So we'll go with Tim at the back. You agree with that? Uh, yeah. Okay. We're on the same page there. The, the back line is, is what we're probably going to disagree on the most. I think. I think besides the back line, we're going to have the same going forward. I would start, and I've said it earlier. Um, Fabian as um, the left back, and then Matt and Omar as the center backs, and then uh, Jeff as, as right back, Jeff Cameron. And you would start? Um, I would probably start Fabian on the left, uh, Matt Beasler at center back, definitely one of Jeff or Omar at the other center back. Uh, it just depends on how healthy Omar is once we get there. That's true. That's true. We you're good. That's, you bring up a good point. We have to talk about there's a – there is a uh, an Omar Gonzalez injury that we have. I think I'm a little higher on Omar Gonzalez than you are, though. Omar has physical gifts uh, and good soccer knowledge, but sometimes he just gets lost in the game, and sometimes he gives up that crucial error. And he gets, he's he's, Mark, he's he's the Martin Jimicalis of the U.S. Men's Nationals. Right, and against players like Cristiano Ronaldo and the entire German front line, and even the Ghanaians. Um, a second hesitation can be all the difference, um, and he it could leave him out to dry completely. Uh, so that's my hesitation with Omar, which um, I think that Jeff Cameron definitely possesses the ability to play center back there, and I would like to see him get a run out. And then a right back, either um, Jeff, if he doesn't get the start at center back, or... I guess Timmy Chandler. I guess you have to go with Timmy Chandler ahead of DeAndre Yedlin. Although Yedlin has a lot of physical gifts too. Um, 
but his inexperience is just a real real problem. Uh, so I guess you have to go with Simi Chandler. And I think that <clears throat> Jurgen probably would go with Simi Chandler ahead of DeAndre. I'd agree, yeah. In theory, you could probably stick Brad Davis back there, too. Yeah, you could. Um, I wouldn't hate that. Uh, but that left wing is where Ronaldo likes to play and cut in. Exactly, exactly. To have an attacking player over there to get pushed up and then get caught out would be, I think, an issue. Yep, and I've... I just got chills talking about this now. I just got these like overwhelming chills. I mean, as much as I want Ronaldo to lose and as much as I hate him, when you say Ronaldo down the left wing, I just have like a bits of, of just beautiful football come come into my mind. It's, uh, anyway, he's talented. He's so talented. Um, we let's not we talk shit about Ronaldo a lot, like how much we are like you know don't like him, but he is so good. That's why we're so scared. That's why that's why this back line makes me so nervous. He's so good. Anyway, let's move up. I think uh in the the next we'll have uh Kyle and uh Michael sort of uh playing in front of the defense. And right. uh Kyle will play a holding role and let Michael uh roam forward. I know you agree with that. Yeah, they're what you call the, the double pivot where one will sit back while the other carries forward and the offense forms around them. Um Usually, of course, it'll be Michael carrying the ball forward just because he is uh, pretty much the most talented player on the pitch um, yep. when it comes to this team. Uh, so, obviously, it'll be Kyle sitting back and trying to catch those attackers in midfield while uh, Michael carries forward. Hopefully, unfortunately, uh, while I would start Kyle Beckerman, I have the uneasy feeling that Jurgen will give the majority of the minutes to Jermaine Jones. So, we'll have to deal with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he plays at Schalke. He's, I mean, he's—he's he's not like he's not talented. It's just that he's five. I think that pair. I think that pairing works better. I think the pairing of Beckerman and Bradley benefits Bradley more. I think. I think Beckerman is more technically sound and more defensively minded. He can hold more so than Jermaine. Jermaine wants to push forward, right? More than, than Kyle does, and I think it benefits us to have Kyle holding. Kyle can. Kyle. His offensive ability is the ability to see the long pass, and he plays obviously a different role for RSL than he would for the U.S. But um, he can see a long pass, but he's also not like Jermaine Jones is likely to go on a walkabout and stray to the front and then leave the midfield simply caught out. And while Jermaine has created goals that way, particularly in the uh, the snowball, comes something um, in with this level of competition against actual national teams in Brazil, I think uh, we need Kyle who will understand his role and sit there and uh, kick the crap out of whoever comes his way. Best case scenario, we put in two goals against the Canadians early. Jermaine Jones gets two yellow cards at the start of the second half and we have to bunker in and then he's suspended. And then Kyle comes in and Jurgen has you know an epiphany and we just trounce the Portuguese because of Kyle Beckerman holding. Yep, I'm on board with that. So we'll be cheering reciprocally for the uh for the Jermaine Jones red card in the uh Donna match. Yeah. After after we go uh, after, after we go up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so here's where it gets really interesting. Um Dempsey's obviously playing. Ducey's obviously playing. Now what do you do? Who's who's your third Midfielder playing in my 
behind Josie. These three will play uh, an attacking midfield role behind Outdoor at the top. Who is your? I mean, I know I know you have those three guys for sure. Who is your fourth guy? So you have Clint coming in off one of the wings. Yes, yes, I do. I guess you could play a four-four-two. Well, I was I was going to play the four-five-one, but I was going to have, or I was going to at least think about having Clint in the what I usually call the bird camp, all the, the striker behind the striker. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's probably his best role. That's, you're right, you're right. That's probably he's probably better suited there than coming. I mean, coming off the wing. I mean, coming down the wing. I mean, that's Landon and and Graham are better wing players, better wide players than. Clint is, even though Clint's definitely capable of playing wide and, you know, Landon's not on this team. Right. Um, playing in that role, though, gives uh, Clint the chance to both create and go to goal. Uh, gives him the chance to play with the ball at his feet more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, for, I just see him playing there more than I see him playing off one of the wings. Uh, well, you know, it's that it's the uh, the old, you know, it's, it's old soccer knowledge that you want the best players to be in the spine of your team. Uh, so that that last winger, because I do have ZC coming off the right wing, um, it's tough. I think I I personally would want Mix on the pitch, but I think Clint will go with Bedoya. Um, I mean, did I say Clint? I'm in Jurgen. I'm in Jurgen. Jurgen will go with Bedoya. Excuse me. No. Um, yeah, I think I would go with Mix, too. I would also think about uh, Wondolowski, who he's totally ignored to this point. Um, speaking of late game subs, when you need a call, probably MLS's leading goal scorer um, in favor of Aaron. Can we talk about the Lupe Fiasco thing? I'm sorry, this is off track, but have you heard about that? No. Well, he's going to be the technical director for U.S. soccer during the World Cup. Like, the musical director is Lupe Fiasco. Oh, shit. Oh, I thought yeah. Technical director. Um, no, no, not the technical director. The, the musical director. So Lupe's going to choose, like, the, the, the hype songs and the, the songs that let's do, like, when they're dressing. He's going to, like, play, like, in the upcoming friendlies, he's going to he's gonna pick all the music and and stuff like that, yeah. Well, well, okay. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard about this. Yeah. That's amazing. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, um... I would choose probably mixed this Um I think Jurgen will probably go with Bedoya, and I would think about Wondolowski, who we completely ignored when we were talking about the late game substitution in terms of chasing a goal. Yeah, but I think you go with Johansson over Wando. Uh, because he's been scoring more goals, or because he's faster, or why? I like I like I like Johansson as a player more. I think Wando. I think he's more versatile than Wando is. I would I'd rather have Johansson going one on one with someone than Wando. Um, okay, yeah, I can understand that. What are the odds that Julian Green starts the World Cup game? Starts the World Cup game? Yeah. I don't see it happening, and I'm not going to do the odds because I'm always, I'm not like, I'm not that good at math, and it's going to, whatever <laughs> I say, it's not going to sound right. It's either going to be way off or like way too close. So, um, no, I, I don't think he starts at all. I what think I'm even of the mindset where I don't think he plays. You don't think he plays at all? I don't think he plays at all. Not even, like, up on Ghana with minutes fading and trying to get the forwards off the pitch? Yeah, he, in, in garbage time, yes, but not not in not, not serious minutes. We'll see. 
I'm I like that. I proved all the haters wrong, and Julian Green is on this roster. So fuck all y'all said I was crazy when I said Julian Green was going to Brazil. Julian Green is going to Brazil. That's mostly directed to a pair of uh, coworkers, or one coworker and one former coworker who busted my balls when I said that Julian had a spot in Brazil. Are you? Make sure they listen to this podcast. I don't know if anybody's listening to this thing. <laughs> I'll have to do that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, who is going to be... We'll, we'll probably start wrapping up soon. Who is going to be... Which of the 23 men on this roster is going to be the... Besides the, the surprise X Factor. Not, not a Dynasty, not a Bradley. Who is going to be the guy that makes the biggest difference and you don't expect him to? I think... Um, a lot of this World Cup hinges on Zussi playing well. And I think if Graham can... Graham, I'm calling these guys by their first name. They're my buddies. If Graham Zussi can play well on the wings and play that Donovan role well, not exceptionally well, just have a good World Cup, that'll be a, a major um, X factor for us. Uh, yeah, I was probably going to say Graham Zussi. Um, I do the same thing. Uh, I do that with all, pretty much all athletes. Yeah, Zussi is kind of the X factor where he, we know he possesses. Uh, he's very talented. He's very attack minded. Uh, he's very similar to Landon in a lot of ways, and uh, I think he could really surprise a lot of people coming into that role. Uh, unfortunately for him, the pressure is going to be really on to try to fill the exactly. Gap. But I think that um, if he plays up to his potential, that that could be a big difference in the uh, cup. Uh, other than Grand Zussi, I think I would probably have to go with. Um, probably AJ, because I think that um, he does kind of possess the uh, the wherewithal and the 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 drive to make a, a difference and the physical traits to make a difference coming on late against some tired defenders in uh, Brazil. Uh, I hope his conditioning's good because uh, that's really going to be the big difference. And this is a very young and in shape team, with the notable exception of Omar Gonzalez. I think that Aaron, uh, in his role as a late sub. And maybe even starting a match could uh, make a pretty big difference going forward for you guys. All right. Well, uh, before we before we wrap this up, I wanted to say we recorded a a Premier League recap pod that uh, was corrupted, so obviously it didn't make it onto the site. And since then, Arsenal has won the FA Cup, and I wanted That's to give happened. each of us just a minute to just a quick minute to gloat and be happy about our team's respective successes this year. I'm a Manchester City fan, if no one, uh, if you guys don't know. I, we were all working on stuff that week of after the Premier League, so we didn't really get, we were going to get some stuff up, and it just didn't happen. So I, I wanted to say how proud I am of the boys. And, um, I've, I've loved every minute of this season. It was, it was a fascinating Premier League season, and I'm so proud of Manchester City. And, Sean, I want to let you uh, go on about Arsenal for a minute. Well, that FA Cup final was, without a doubt, the single greatest day of my life. And the first half of it, I suppose, was uh, also the single most terrifying 45 minutes of my life. And um, uh, Arsenal is the greatest club in the world, and uh, Sandy Cazorla is uh, the best midfielder in the world, not named Aaron Ramsey. And uh, I love them all, and uh, they bring me endless joy and also endless pain. Uh, But right now, endless joy. And uh, I hope that they strengthen the squad and 
and I don't. I, I take back everything horrible I said about Olivia Giroux for now. Um, and I think when Theo Walcott is back and we strengthen the squad, uh, this is a team ready to make some some challenges next year. And uh, I think Mesodozo will be one of the best players in the league next year. And uh, come on, Arsenal. Yes, well, we are so proud of our club teams, and, and you know, we've enjoyed the Premier League, and we've enjoyed the Champions League, looking forward to the final this weekend. We've enjoyed MLS. We've enjoyed NPSL, watching Pensacola City SC. Shout out to them. Uh, we also, uh, but now, now all, uh, you know, all eyes are on, on the big show. This, you know, I, I was sitting late last night reading, uh, reading uh, an article on the Internet, and I was listening to an online jazz radio station. And the girl from Ipanema comes on, and I just got chills thinking about how Brazil is right around the corner. 21 days from the start of the Cup? I believe, I believe. that's right. Also, uh, publicly, publicly expressed solidarity with uh, those in Brazil who are uh, not benefiting from the FIFA racket. We, we, we'll, we wanna, we'll talk about that in depth more. I just wanted to you know, let everyone know that while we are very excited for the World Cup, we understand that there are some serious social issues that are that are happening alongside it, and and they deserve to be uh, brought to light. So uh, without further ado, oh, I want to make one more quick announcement before we go. Next week, in our build-up to the World Cup, we are going to start on the site the World Cup of Anthems, 32 national anthems, head-to-head, just like in the World Cup. We're going to do group stages and everything. The World Cup of Anthems. So get ready for that. Um We'll be we'll be uh, covering the World Cup through most of the summer, um, and I, I'm thoroughly excited for it. Uh, Sean, you have anything else you want to add on? Uh, just that it is 24 days, 22 hours, five minutes, and 50 seconds from the kickoff of the uh, USA Ghana match in the World Cup. <sighs> Oh, chills, man, chills. It's going to be a great summer, Sean Lee. It is. All right, well, I will let you uh, get back to work. Thanks for, thanks for potting. I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon.